Hello and welcome into another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. Alex Dono alongside, as always, Jerry Mancini and welcoming in a special guest of ours. Um, you know, I we booked him just so he could gloat about the latest Milan derby where uh, he, of course, supports Milan. Good friend of ours, Miguel AJ, who's working with the Chicago Fire. So he's he's big time here stateside. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's big time in North America. He's big time in Europe as well. Miguel, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me again. Listen, I've, I've been better uh, despite two straight L's <laughs> for my Nanazzurri. You know, a hard uh, a hard fought. I mean, a good start and a good finish. The middle part was not so good in the derby that Inter dropped 3-2 to to Milan. And then, uh, obviously, I didn't have very high expectations going into a match against Bayern. But it leads me to, and guys, I think we'll start here, and we'll, we'll talk some about Inter in this episode. We'll talk some about Milan. We'll talk some about Lazio, because Lazio had a spectacular offensive performance today against Feyenoord in Europa League. I, and, and Jerry, Jerry, I am now good luck, because I bet Lazio minus 105 on the money line, and I expect... It's not about value. That's not, good not value. at all. I, I thought I was still a mush, but I think I gave Lazio good luck. I mean, they were up 3-0 within like a half an hour, so I may have to start betting on Inter again. I think my mush powers may be over. Should have had 10 goals today. I don't know how yeah. we didn't have like – I that was like the most dominant 60 minutes I saw from from Lazio, and it was, uh, it was a good performance. I think it just shows that they're in a weak group, and, and I think that they need to take advantage of finally – getting in a better group stage compared to recent seasons. Last year, they finished second. It was a difficult group they were in with. Uh, they had Marseille, and I forgot who else we had in that group. I think we have Galatasaray. Gal- yeah, Gal- Galatasaray. Yeah. We, we, we kept having, uh, yeah. we kept having a Soccer Bob on from Turkey to so, talk about that. So coming first would be so big because you get into the ground of 16 – and then you get a favorable matchup because you're not going to face one of the teams that come down from Champions League. So yeah. it's a strong start. Um, it's still far from done. I think that the, the biggest thing I'll take from this game is not just the start. It's being up for nothing in the last half hour. They became too incomplacent, yes. too relaxed, and they gave up two goals. The first one should never have counted. I don't know how VAR didn't get involved Vicino never touches Jimenez there's no foul on the play you clearly see that there's no touch um uh, VAR fails again I'll leave it as that but well, and, uh, and, but, but, but but VAR did succeed though because they took the because they almost got another penalty they yeah. could have made it 4-3 and VAR worked that time because the penalty was given and then they they overruled it so it's funny that one didn't look clear and obvious at first, right? And I thought they were going to allow it, so maybe that was a makeup call from before. I hate these makeup calls. Just get it right, and that's it. Like, <laughs> like it's just terrible. I thought Alberto and Vecino were probably Lazio's. Oh, you know what? Zakani was amazing too. I think no one's talking about Zakani and how good he was with his runs. I thought that I noticed that he played very deep in the midfield, and that was really good. I found him more further back, and, and I think that we forget that he's not – I don't think he's a natural winger. He's actually a midfielder. Yeah. And and that's his natural position, and I and I kind of noticed him drift into the midfield position a lot. 
and play more down the wings, more deeper in supporting the runs to, to, to advance in between like the lines. So I thought that was intriguing as well. But uh, and Miguel's boy, Ramignoli, was this guy has really been he's been rejuvenated. OK, um, Dude, what is it? What is it, Jerry, about Saudi this year? Because I'm, I'm watching Matias Vecino like it's. 2018 scoring two goals today and I'm watching Romagnoli have a really good season like what is going on I think it's just two players who want to play under sorry um needed a change and 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 then just a new breath of fresh air for Romagnoli I think that it's not just a change from Milan I think his Milan will always be to his heart for what he's been able to accomplish there and I think it's just that he just wanted to go to Lazio. I think when you want, and you you grow up as a yeah. fan and you want to be with a team, it kind of pushes you another level to 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 be even better. Uh, it's like an incentive, you know what I mean? It's like going to work and you want and you're working for a company that you love and you want to be there. So I think that he lost that 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 mojo with Milan. It, it got to the point where he just wanted to finally play for a team that he's always liked, right? And I think this was his last chance because if he waited any longer, when's he going to do it? When he's 32? So right. I think I, with Sorry, it needed time. And and I like the fact that they keep on asking, like, why isn't he making five or six changes? Because the way he wants to play, he doesn't want to do an overhaul every game because then there's no continuity and consistency in, in, in his beliefs and his style of play. So the players need to play together in order to kind of adapt. So I think that the way he's been running the team is fine by me. Uh, I don't oppose sometimes. Like, I maybe I'll, I'll say why doesn't a certain player play, but we don't see what goes on in training either. So that's another thing. Yeah. Well, what, what were your, uh, Miguel, what were your big takeaways? Because it, it sounded like uh, you you caught some of the uh, the Lazio Feyenoord match today, which they ended up winning 4-2, to two, by the way, for those wondering. Yeah, I thought it was a really good game. Um Seeing that they scored, I believe, three goals in 30 minutes was just insane. Uh, like you guys mentioned, I think Zakanian and Vecino, they both look really amazing. It was a bit weird to not see Chido Immobile get on the score sheet, but I think that Sarri's his, his system has been implemented here, and Lazio can really do some damage here in the Europa League and also in Serie A because they've kind of been the laughing stock of Serie A for the last two seasons. You know, they play against the big teams and they always fumble a bag and they lose. I think that this season, after beating, you know, Inter with that, that huge defeat, I think it's a warning to, you know, everyone else in the city that, hey, Lazio is actually growing. Like their system is coming into fruition with Sari. And credits to the players and credits to Sari because a year ago it wasn't like this. You know, Lazio was struggling heavily last season and now everything's finally coming into play. So it just goes to show you how in football sometimes you just need patience. Yeah, I want to say, well I think the most important thing is that I wouldn't be concerned about Immobile not scoring because he nearly he, scored a hat trick. He, he, he nearly scored so many yeah, times. Yeah, he can score. He can wake up at any time. I think it's more important oh, yeah. that the additional scoring's happening. I think that's what Lacho's never had, right? So having yeah. an Alberto score today again, um, having a Vecino all of a sudden score a brace, you know what I mean? Like, the un- you want people you don't expect to score. Felipe Anderson's been incredible. I don't know how how yeah. fans are ripping on this guy, 
so consistently. Like, it's bad because I think he's been one of our best players to start the year. And in this game, I thought that the one thing Immobile did really well with his runs, getting into space and making excellent passes. I thought that his passing was he was getting through the channels and getting into areas to, to allow his teammates to, to kind of create, to have chances. You know what I mean? And I think what he does so good is he draws players towards him and, and it opens those gaps up where it leaves a player open for how strong he is. Right. And how mm-hmm. like people know of a threat he is. So I thought that he did that a lot of times today. And, and I was thought his, his play off the ball, was was really good. Let's talk a little bit about uh, my my main takeaway from Inter Bayern. Um, and again, I, I really wasn't expecting a positive result out of that match. I, I have so much respect for Bayern. And then on the flip side, yeah, I've, I've been pretty frustrated the last couple of weeks with Inter for obvious reasons. And I, I kind of wonder if maybe the pressure of being inter-manager is getting to Simone Inzaghi a little bit. But um, he finally, and I can only give him so much credit for this because it took him way too long to do it, guys. He finally turned to Andre Onana and gave him an opportunity to start in net. I think that Inzaghi knew coming out of uh, a Milan defeat where he got things wrong uh, with the way he managed that game. I think he knew he was going to have to shake some things up with the eleven. And he finally gave Onana an opportunity because he'd been afraid to do it to this point. And he was fantastic. I mean, the, the two goals given up were, were not the fault of the keeper. He made 10 saves. In fact, Jerry, I thought if not for Onana, Inter would have lost the match potentially 4 or 5 nil instead of 2 nil. I thought that he was that instrumental. And it wasn't only he can make the sort of athletic reflex saves that Handanovic is just no longer capable of making, right? I mean, Onana made some saves where Handanovic probably wouldn't have moved off his line. Uh, and I thought his distribution was fine as well. And, and that's something maybe you could worry about that, you know, he hasn't played, you know, really consistent in a long time because he had the was coming off the doping last year and, and didn't play a whole lot for Ajax and hadn't played yet for Inter. So maybe, oh, is he going to be rusty with the ball at his feet? I thought the distribution was fine. He can make the sort of saves Handanovic can no longer make, hasn't been able to make for really three or four years in the case of Samir. And I, I think from this point moving forward, I mean, Jerry, you know Inzaghi better than most anyone. Um, it, it, he's got to stick with Onana now, right? I mean, if he turns right back to Handanovic, it's, I, I think it's a sackable offense. Um, I didn't watch the game. I chose Napoli instead. And well, they, that was that was a good that that was a good showcase for Serie A. If I wasn't an Interista, I probably would have been on the Napoli match as well because they were flying. I won't get into that game because we're talking Inter right now. I don't want to get sidetracked. After yeah. Inter, I'll I'll give you my thoughts on Inzaghi. And I know I know what people are gonna say. Tying coaches, their old school mentality. They don't like to play these young guys. I'm gonna tell you. I don't care about other managers. I look at Inzaghi. I look at how Inzaghi coaches. I don't care that A, B, and C are just the same. I don't look at that. I'm going to tell you what I see from Inzaghi from five years with Lazio. He started off playing young players. Um, I guess the pressure wasn't on him. He allowed younger players to adapt. He played a Murja in a late 
match in, in late minutes versus Juventus of the Supercopa where he made that that goal he scored. Um, and then as the seasons progressed, he just became so dependent on, on the same players where it was always Milinkovic Savage, always Alberto, um, always Immobile. He, he would choose Parolo, for God's sake, over center backs he had on the bench. Like, it, it just got to that point where the guy doesn't have a plan B. It's scary because his in-game tactics are not always the best. Um, look what he did to, to Strakosha, okay? He had COVID. I think he had COVID. He was out for a while. And then when he came back to the lineup, he was fresh. He stuck to Peperena and kept on going with Peperena. And it took Sorry coming back into the squad. And it took a, a while before he realized that Peperena no longer was the goalkeeper for this team. And then Strakosha came in. And, and you know what? Respect to Strakosha playing, staying committed, even when he made the mistake in the Europa League. Um, sorry stood with him. He he supported him. He 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 had a good season, and from there they mutually just parted. Um, Inzaghi ruined a, a good relationship goalkeeper with Lazio. I would have been okay if Strakosha stayed. I'm happy that we signed Provedel because I probably think that Provedel is probably a bit better than Strakosha, but it's still early to tell if he can continue at this high level. But regardless, um. Just, just with Inzaghi, like he's just goes with the same guys, game after game after game, and like I, I love Inzaghi. I think that, I think he has the right mind. He's very effective with the three five two. Um, I, I also think that he made the jump too quick. I think that Inter came at him. He didn't want to turn down a big contract. Maybe he thought that he wouldn't get another opportunity like this maybe down the road. I don't know. I think that he needed more seasoning at, at Lazio. I don't I think he was ready. That. I don't think I, he was I, ready. No, no, man. What has he ever achieved, though? He's won, a, he's, won a, he's won a Coppa Italia and two Super Coppa Italianas. I don't think he he's never taken Lazio to the top, man. Like, you know what I mean? He's never – I don't know, man. I, I don't – I think he's never played in pressure either. That's another thing. Like this is this is pressure. He's never played in pressure in well, last year. I agree, and I you think he's I mean? feeling the pressure. But but to me, like, I I think he was ready. I think the mm. reason why part of the reason why he's struggling is uh, it, it's it's not all his fault because the the mercados keep just progressively getting worse and worse and worse because of uh, finances. Like I, I you know, and 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 then I think that that adds more pressure on his shoulders. So I. I don't know because uh, you know had it had it not been Inter, his next step would have been a big club, Jerry. I mean, you know, I, no, I think that he stays. You don't think so? It, he stayed. He stays at Lazio for two, three more years. He was going to stay if Inter didn't poach him. He stays at Lazio. The contract was there for three more years. He was ready to continue with Lazio. Um, the three five two continues. He continues the starting eleven. But then again, I don't think that Lazio spends as much though if he stays. I don't think these players come in. I don't think the overall happens. Um, yeah. The difference between Sari and, and Inzaghi is he's and I and I and I saw this through a, tr- a tweet or 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 a pod or something. I saw this along on, on Twitter maybe. 
he sticks to his principles. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what makes Sari a very bold manager is that he sticks to what he believes in. He doesn't go away from it. And he speaks his mind and says, this is what I need. This is what I want. He gives Latito the idea. And he, he understands what has to be done. And I think that Latito respects that because he has a guy who says, okay, this is plan. This is how it's going to end. This is what I need. Here's a clear objective. So, And then all of a sudden, Latito's like, oh, okay. You know many players that Nzagi wanted and they've never worked at Lazio? Mohamed Fadis? Yeah. There, yeah. There's a prime example. Like, he wanted this guy. What has he done at Lazio? Like, Nzagi's preference of players, I don't think they've always been, like, great. And and you're seeing that with Inter right now. Um, I think he, I think he's very good at preparing the game. I think... This it's very true what Sedia podcast is saying here, but um, his in-game tactics is always up and down. Either he gets it right and looks like a genius, or gets it wrong, and he's getting it wrong right now. Onana should start this weekend. Uh again, if we don't see what goes on in training, maybe there's something that he does. He's hesitant not to start him every game yet. I don't I, understand I don't that. Know. I, I think I think okay. the bigger factor is I think it was really, really, really hard to bench Handanovic because he's the captain. So I, I think I think it's more I think it's more politics because right? you know Handanovic has been has been there so much longer than Inzaghi. He's wearing the armband. I think it was difficult for him to bench him. Stupid. No player is bigger than the team. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? We're, we're talking about what about Miguel? Miguel is the outsider here, man. Miguel, you, what do you see from Inzaghi, man? Like, what do you, what do you see that, like, do you see something different compared to what I see, like, or or Alex? No, I definitely agree. I think Inzaghi does well to prepare for games, and he studies his opponents very well, and he knows how to break them down. But as you said, once changes are made he, he he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know how to adapt to the situation and that's how he loses a lot of the games you look at the milan derby you know enter go up 1-0 we tie it 1-1 half time you would expect that inzaghi would make some changes right then and there he didn't make any changes we made some changes and then we go up 3-1 and they're scrambling to to try to catch up with the game and then 3-2, and you lose the game because you didn't make any changes to your system during halftime when you saw that people were being exposed X, Y, and Z. I think that Nzagi is a good manager, but he hasn't learned. He hasn't reached that point and, and as a manager where he's you know, past the learning curve where he's like, okay, I did X, Y, and Z. This went well. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to learn from this and change this. Um, so I definitely agree with you guys on what you're saying about Nzagi. I'm I'm not gonna criticize Bastoni. He's 23 years old. He's very young, very young defender. This dude, he's drinking the haterade today. This uh, this city up podcast for the fans. I don't, I, 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 don't know, uh, I don't agree with that, man. I, I'm a big push my buttons today. I'm a big <laughs> Bastoni fan. He, I, I love it, by the way. I love I love I love banter. I I kid. It, uh, it takes it takes it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like Bastoni. I think that. <sighs> You have good years. You, you you always have. There's always a year where you always kind of regress and then you go back up. It, it happens to all players. But you know what? Inter's defense used to be the best. It's no longer yeah. the best. I'm sorry. No, um, it's not. Yeah. I agree. I wholeheartedly. It's Milan now. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. He, Kalulu. Yeah, Milan now for sure. Kalulu's really good signing. Um, 
Love Tamori. It's too bad that Chelsea gave up on him. Very big mistake. Um, you got Simon Kerr. Hernandez. I hate him. I I can't. Well, hold, hold on what? one second. I, I want to. I, I want to move him. on to Milan. Hold on. I want to move on to Milan. But before we do, I want to get uh, Miguel's take on Onana and if like because he's he's got to be he's got to be the number one keeper from now on, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you love Handanovic. You love what he's done for the team. You love that he's captain. But at some point, when the results aren't going the way that you need to, and we're working in a results based system you have to make that call and you have to start him on it. It's the same thing that happened to Romagnoli. Romagnoli was captain and he, he, he was great. And then he deteriorated and it was like, we're not winning. We have to make a change. And that's what Pioli did. So I think that Inzaghi needs to do the same thing and just start Onana from here on out. You can give Handanovic, you know, Coppa Italia games or games against lower table sides where you think that he can do the job. But from now on, you, you gotta, you gotta start Onana because you guys are going to end up playing catch up at the the second half of the season because Nzagi wants to be stubborn and start the captain. Yeah. Was Dumfries that bad yesterday? I didn't think he was that bad. Everyone's chirping this guy. Um, I mean, I I thought, I thought he's been, I mean, no, nobody was really that great yesterday outside of Onana. I mean, I thought Mkhitaryan actually did pretty well. In the midfield, uh, you know the uh, La- Lautaro. Did Barella play? At least one goal. Barella play yesterday? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. If so, he came on very late when was I had turned out the game out of frustration. No, I. I think. Uh, I, I think Inzaghi was just switching it up. I, let, let me see if if he came because I got very I frustrated later on and I turned the game off. So I don't know. Uh, if he came you're off. one of those guys, man. I suffered. <laughs> I suffered the whole game watching Lachu get beat down versus. Byron Munich, okay. Life's too short, man. No, man. You I want stick. to punish yourself? That's on you. No, you, 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 you gotta stick with your team. You die. You, you, you enjoy the moments when they're great, and you die I, with them I when stu- it's bad. I stuck man. with them. I stuck with them during the derby. Oh, that's okay. uh, nah, I, I, didn't, nah, I didn't have as nah. much to do. I had to watch Patrick do a somersault in the middle of the field. Oh you, my god! I had oh, to watch. I had to watch Mateo. I had to watch Musacchio make the the worst pass of his life that that ended his career basically and put him in a, and put him into orbit. Credit credit to un, credit to Uncle Sharma having to send me clips today or yesterday where I, I or we kind of had a debate. And he showed me what was worse, but like, um, yeah, because uh, I, I told him about the own goal about Cherby and he showed yeah. me the, the clips of, uh, of Patrick and Musacchio. It's like, yeah, can you win? But um, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know, man. Bayern Munich is again. This is it's it's a hard game to it's gauge. Just, a, a, a one. Bayern, because Bayern, Bayern, yeah, Bayern like, is so but, good. Like, that I, group I, went is hard. In, I went into that match thinking it would take a minor miracle to get a draw. Like that's the way that I went into that match. Like it, if Inter can get a point, I'll you know I'll, I'll say some prayers. You know, I'll be like really thankful. So I, I wasn't expecting to get anything out of it. Would you prefer your team to to go down to the Europa League and finish third, or would you prefer finishing second and getting some hard team in the second round and knowing that you probably exit it again? Honestly, like, like what would I you... would rather. I mean, I want to get through. They're they're not going to take first, like so. It's it's between Inter and Barcelona to take second. So I'd rather get through. Mm. I think I'd rather go fourth place 
then go down to Europa League. Yeah, and the, yeah, you can focus on re- recent history shows you whoever whoever gets knocked out of European spots first wins the scudetto. So right, so if I'm, if I can either get third, if I can either get third place or like and go like you know lose in the Europa League or fourth place and focus on Serie A, then that may be the better way to go. No, that's true. And how about how how was Milan, Miguel? Yes. Because that, that um, was one of the matches I couldn't watch. Was uh, was the I saw one one draw. I saw Salad Makers scored, but how did the game go? It was a bit of an interesting game. I think Milan was surprised by Salzburg because Salzburg plays fast tempo football, and the first fifteen minutes was really difficult for us. I think Salzburg just came out and they they were ready to attack. Uh, I think they had two shots within the first minute. Um, but yeah, it was a bit difficult, but then we finally settled into the game. Poor Pierre Kalulu got flipped on his ass and, you know, um, Salzburg scores. Um, but we bounced back from that. Uh, we showed some fight. Solid maker getting a goal in the Champions League. Like, who would have thought? But um, the players just, we had so many opportunities towards the later half of the, the game to, to score and, you know, get the win, but it just, it just wasn't enough. And I think that Pioli needs to give some of the players a bit more playing time. Uh, players like Origi came on in the second half, and you could tell that Origi got into the right places, but the chemistry with the team is kind of off because he hasn't played as much as the other players. So I think it's just one of those things that it's, it's a learning curve for Pioli and Happy to get a point. You know, Chelsea lost to Dinamo Zagreb, so that's good for us. But uh, I think in the next game, we have to we have to do more. And it's it's also difficult because you're trying to rotate a squad where there's not too much depth because you don't start Leal, you don't start Tonali and Benacer. Who are you starting? You don't have right. world-class players like, you know, other teams do where they can rotate. Like, you know, Barella didn't play against Bayern. That's okay because they have the quality to, to rotate that. We don't have that. So it's a matter of just learning how we're going to keep the squad going throughout the rest of the group stages. But I'm not too worried. I still think we can make it out the group. Um, so it, w- it was a decent draw for us. I think we should have won, but it is what it is. And uh, Jerry, you know, he mentioned Chelsea's results. And uh, Thomas Tuchel is uh, – he's – on, he's collecting unemployment for right now. I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to land on his feet very quickly. But um, it w- was that the right move? Because I, half my Twitter timeline seemed to be Chelsea fans, and everybody has an opinion. And a lot of people seem very shocked by that move. Were you shocked by it? Uh, no, not at all. Um, those who know me, I don't advertise Chelsea that much on Twitter. I normally talk Lazio. I'll talk about Chelsea here and there. I just know that I have a more stronger Syria following and like people like Chelsea fans follow me for, for sorry a lot and supporting, which is nice. But like, I do have a, a strong like for, for Chelsea for the last five, six seasons. And um, I'd say watching the, all their games this season, I just missed the Southampton one, which I actually recorded. And I haven't watched yet, but hearing from podcasts, it was time that he had to go and, this was a decision I heard through like the athletic where it was already made in the summer. Like when ownership really? came in, yes. When ownership came in, they had already an idea. Of, they were already prepared to fire him. And that they, I think even no knowing 
I think they gave him this this ample time to see how it was going to work out with Tuchel. And I think that as each game progressed, it didn't, as it went by the season early, it just didn't improve. Every game, it just got worse and worse. I think their best performance was against Tottenham. And that was for, what, 60 minutes? And then the last 30 minutes, they kind of, like, didn't look as strong. They were terrible against Leeds, where they lost 3 nothing. Um, they were terrible against West Ham on Saturday and were so lucky to get two goals in the last 10 minutes. They were both fluky goals, both by um, – I forgot his name now, but uh, the left back who came on. I apologize. But um, – and he, he made a, a miraculous, like, move down the wing. He made a cross, and then you see Havertz scores, and the ball is just placed perfectly. I watched the game on Tuesday. I, got, I was able to watch the, the replay of the Champions League match, and it, it was disgusting that they just looked so disinterested. And every time they got into the final third, they were just clueless, not knowing what to do with the ball. You see Kovacic so many times trying to make something happen, and and I I, I respect his effort, but just like the team just weren't linking. Ziyech looked terrible. I have to say, Milan dodged the bullet because this is a guy. I don't think he would have helped Milan at all. He's just lost over for salad confidence. maker. Uh, he, if you go <laughs> go go watch, I, I'm telling you, go watch the game. He oh, I watched the game. Was bad, it was terrible, terrible. He Why doesn't he, even want to be there. He doesn't even. You think that's be what there. it is? I don't know, man. Because yeah. he he can't crack the front. He can't crack it. Maybe maybe Potter coming in helps him, kind of like help him like get rejuvenated, like. Like it's bad, man. Like it's not even just not being wanting to be there. It's just the way he plays too, though. He just looks lost and forcing shots and wailing it over the net in the cross. Look at the free kicks he took. Like nowhere. Dude. Yeah, those were really bad. Really but bad. Then again, man. you look quality. at last season where he had certain spells where he looked he looked world class. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like maybe Milan does change him. I maybe I'm wrong, right? Um. Hey, Salamaker scored in the uh, Champions League, so he's the only guy who has a goal for for Milan right now. <laughs> but um, as for tu- as for Tuchel, I it's not just a results driven business. The other thing is that it's a new ownership, and I see fans having to say that Tuchel did this for Chelsea, and the fact that he would take the team bus and they didn't have the flights, and he, he stood by them and. People have to remember, he did that for the Abramovich era. Now you got Boley coming in, and this is a new guy. It's like North American sports. If a new general manager... I want to play devil's advocate when you're done, though. When a new general manager comes into the league, okay, to your team, he always wants his guy. He wants to, like... So, I know I'm going off topic. The Chicago Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. General manager comes in. He's traded every single player. Because oh, yeah. the because they're not his players, he wants his imprint on the team. He wants to say that Scotty wanted his imprint at Lazio. Yeah, like there's certain people who just want his team. This is my team. The only reason, the only way Sadi keeps a player is if it works to his to his idea. System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so like that's that's how I see it with Chelsea. It does suck. You, you do look on the other side and say, hey, but what about the fact that he won a Champions League, that he won this, he won that, 
and the fact that he was able to be successful. I think that all comes, but like, I think he also lost the, the dressing room. I don't think the players wanted to, to be there with him anymore. Like, Apparently, another thing I was listening on, on, on The Athletic is that they they didn't really consult with anybody. This was a decision that wasn't even done between the board. Like, yeah, it, this this is all insight between, mm-hmm. like, player conversations in the dressing room, having one-on-one discussions. And the, and the consensus feeling was that it just, just wasn't a strong like for him anymore. And, and another thing I, I heard, which was this, this is really good. You should watch his emotion during the Champions League game where he shows no emotion. He's on the bench. He just sitting down, not getting up, not getting riled up, not really talking. Yeah, like it, it looked like it was a guy who was defeated. Yeah. If you really watched that last game, like he looked out of words. So I like to hear what Miguel has to say on the counter. Uh, so for me, playing devil's advocate here is, okay, you know, Todd Bowley comes in, you know, he loses Marina, he loses Peter Cech, okay? Those are two big influential parts to Chelsea Football Club as a whole and the success that they've had within the past decade, okay? Then you have Thomas Tuchel, who's already the coach. Thomas Tuchel asks, okay, I want these specific players they fail to get the specific players that he wants. And then they're scrambling on the ramp, the market to just get anyone to add depth into their team. Okay. That happens. And to me, it's like, okay, if Todd Bowley knew that he didn't want to as manager, why didn't he just sack him when he first arrived? It, it just, you just wasted time, money, and effort on a team that if you knew you didn't want the manager there, you know, you should have just sacked him because, I feel like Tuchel wasn't really given a chance, you know. He signed a couple players right before the transfer window closed, and then you guys sack him after his first loss in the group stage. And this doesn't mean that because they've lost to Dinamo Zagreb that they're not going to advance throughout the Champions League. That's a loss. They have to go back to the drawing board and learn. Now you're bringing in a new coach who has no Champions League experience. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. If Todd Bowley knew he was going to, he didn't want Tuchel, he should have sacked him when he first got there. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, they just fired their their recruitment, the head of recruitment on Monday. He wow. was relieved. He was relieved. Right, right, yeah. This is, this is how I find out through the athletic uh, the podcast for Chelsea. It's really good, actually. So you find out from them and not not from Alex Goldberg? No. I'll, <laughs> I forget. I forget. I even follow the guy. But anyways, whatever. He, I feel he, like Todd Bowley um, is playing FIFA manager career with Chelsea right now because that's a good analogy. He's, he's he's calling all the shots. Like I don't want you here. You're not my guy. Just leave. Like that's not how you do things in football, though. Well, apparently, all the players that they signed, they weren't Tuchel, but Tuchel didn't really have any say with any of the players that they bought. None of them. Like, based on, like, uh, Simon Johnson and, and his crew were saying, like, all those guys, like, he had some input on, on, like, the players coming. The only player that he had input on was Aubameyang. Aubameyang was yeah. his guy because he wanted to reunite with him. And Aubameyang came because he wanted to play for Tuchel. And then all of right. a sudden, now that that's no longer the case. So, well, you know, Bowley took he, – he was basically the guy for the negotiations with all his, his new signings. Yeah, so maybe maybe they had this idea. I think 
I don't know. I, I we'll see what happens. Um, I, I have heard that it's not just his decision. He's had backing support to make these decisions. Like they were mutual based on the club. Um, I do like this new manager that they got. Apparently he's based on what I've heard. He is uh, very attack minded and, and Potter has done really well with Brighton. It is going to be a step up. I absolutely agree. But when you when you look on the other side and you say, hey, Simone Inzaghi got a chance with Inter, maybe a guy like Potter, and, and apparently he has a, a, a strong resume of like coaching for a while, maybe the jump up is now for him, right? And he takes takes the opportunity and he goes. So I can't criticize Potter because I don't watch a lot of Brighton. I can only go based on reviews, and it sounds like he is an up-and-coming manager that seems – pretty exciting um sometimes change is good maybe maybe going to somebody who you don't really know with and i knew idea instead of going to zidane again instead of going to pochettino who really he, he's a good manager but i don't think he would have wanted i know pochettino and zidane were, were linked does zidane really fit the bill there does pochettino really want to go when he coached tottenham like does he do that kind of like turning over everything he achieved and, and, and the relationship and the rivalry there, you know what I mean? So I think this probably was like what he had to. Again, Bully, I don't know. I don't know anything about Tom Bully, but we'll see how it goes down the line. But it doesn't matter who who goes in. It's not like they don't have a good team to take over. The team the right, team cool. is the team is sufficient. It's not like you're going to like Lazio or something and say, hey, I'm taking over this team. Like you're not. You're, you're taking over a five-star team who who invested a lot, has a lot of young talent, has a lot of veterans. There, there's there's something there you can you can quickly kind of create, and I and I think that this could. This could well, it, it is another month till they play Milan, but maybe the teams in the Champions League group maybe are unfortunate now because you also have to think maybe change turns the tide, you know what I mean? And it reinvigorates all the players and, and, and a new life. If you stick with Tuchel any longer, does it does it get any worse? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I know you're I know what you're saying you stick with him. I absolutely agree. I think they did long enough where where each game didn't get better. And I also think the last draw for him was what he did with Conte. I really think that the board did not like that. Um I, I, I'm a believer that that didn't look good. It didn't look good in the club. It doesn't look good on him. Like, you, you snapped for something really stupid, you know what I mean? Because the guy didn't look in your eyes. He shook your hand and he, and he walked away. Who cares if when, – when It's does, about respect, man. It is. Yeah, but when do people shake hands and look at each other? Come on, man. It's 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 in the I, moment. I, I guess you, they usually do if he was thrown off by that one. I don't know, man. I, I Shake the hand and you go. You know what I mean? The, the, the respect yeah. is the, sh- the handshake, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like look what Hakan did the other on Saturday. He didn't shake Teo's hand, and he walked by him. Where's the Where's the respect but there? Theo had a, a reaction to that though. Oh, absolutely good. Yeah. Good, he slapped him Same in the head with Buku. Yeah, but hold on. What? It's not and, honestly, didn't, hold on. I, in, in it's that different. case, I, I I can understand the, both guys not necessarily wanting to shake anyone's hand yeah, and being upset at fine, each but other. Like, but case. but he didn't. It's not like he didn't look in his eyes though. It's, the fact yeah. that he didn't he didn't shake his hand that's the difference you know what i mean he could have shook yeah. his hand and not look at him in, in respect but again like at the end of the day 
uh, Tuchel, too, you know what? Coaches have their, their timeline. It, it's very rare you find coaches at a team for 20 years. Yeah, the years. era of Sir Alex Ferguson is long gone. Yeah, like who like look look at the guy in the NFL, Jeff Fisher. Man, was the last time a guy like that in the NFL coach? Yeah, for a, well, as long and, as and the funny did. thing, you know he I mean? was around for a long time in Tennessee, and then he became a bum. Like Jeff Fisher yeah. was a bum at the end of his coaching career. He was he was yeah. coaching the Rams, and the guy was a, a joke at the end of his career. Yeah, man. Like I like Pochettino should never have left Tottenham for me. I think he should have stayed. He had there's there's certain places where it's meant for you to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like mm-hmm. sometimes change is hard, man. Like because you you've established something that's so good that it's hard to repeat. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Chelsea. I think that when they play Milan, I think that's gonna be a very entertaining match. Um that that group's wide open. Uh, even though Chelsea lost yeah. their first game, I think they'll, they'll turn it around. I, I just don't they're, they're see too, them. They're too talented not to. Yeah, they're too, there's too, too much talent on that team not to finish top two. Yeah, um, It's just one game. I wouldn't uh, – I wouldn't, like, try to, like, jump over – teams like, teams like Lazio – I know I'm going back to Lazio. Teams like Lazio need to win their first game because they're not deep as these teams. That they can't afford to lose a game and then all of a sudden hope to like play catch up. You know what I mean? Like you want to win your games now, whereas Chelsea Milan can lose a game, tie a game, and can afford to go into the next game because I think they're much deeper. You know what I mean? So you never want to lose, but when you look at the squad depths, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can look at it like that too, right? So you yep. could be wrong, but. Well, we will uh, we, we will we will wrap it up for the evening, and I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us to see Eduardo got in here. Uh, be- better late than never. Hello, uh, our guy uh, Serie A podcast for the fans has been awesome. He's been prolific in the chat today. De Puta, thank you so much for hopping in. Anthony, thank you so much for hopping in. My guy Brooklyn Rob, who uh, who Jerry, can you can you throw out one swear word for Brooklyn Rob? Oh well, no! I'm, I'm, I'm religious now. Uh, fair enough. If you <laughs> want, uh, Brooklyn Rob needs to understand. Jerry has turned over a new leaf. I try not to swear as much, man. I find that it's just like I, I don't swear as much either. Um... Oh, we can go off topic for a second. Oh, so I'm trying to go it, to bed, you mother. <laughs> listen, what, what do you just, got? We just released our new chip this week, and I want to hear from you guys if this. Oh. Would... Okay, I like this if, off topic. Okay, if this would interest you, yeah, Ruffles KFC. What is it like? Original recipe flavor? Spice? Yes. So it's orig- the original recipe. Would I'm you down. eat it? That sounds interesting. Yeah, that's not interesting. I'd give it a try. Yeah, okay. I would too. All right, I my buddy, too. my buddy Dan Dan Saparito on Twitter. You you probably see him. He's a Juve fan. Yeah. He 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 gave it a four point two out of ten out of five. He said it was too salty, but uh, I don't mind salty. I'd probably be okay with that. Yeah, we, 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 we also have Pizza Cheetos that came out today. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's called innovation. It's it's a way to, like, intrigue people to buy something different. And it's all yeah. incremental sales. But, yeah, it's KFC. Let me just get the, uh, the actual. And tell me if I can find those in the States. Because it seems like in uh, – it seems like Canada – 
Uh, they has they limited edition the, Yeah, they they run the world potato chip game. Like when, when I'm when I'm walking down the aisle in my uh, in my United States grocery store, there's like five different flavors of chips. In Canada, there's like five hundred. Looks awesome. This guy, Colonel. This guy's a this guy's a Colonel's a genius. Okay, the, he is. These, these guys and their ideas of how they uh, create stuff, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I, I love I the self deprecation here. He says, "Watch my podcast to help you sleep." <laughs> You'd probably keep me awake. <laughs> man. I'd probably enjoy your content. I'd probably enjoy your content. Uh, right, and let me give uh, let me give Miguel Miguel. Uh, you want to plug uh, social media? Any any sort of projects you have going on? Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, no projects as of now, but uh, stay tuned for the World Cup. I think I'll I'll make a comeback on some projects for that. Uh, but just go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MiguelAJ29. I love it. Jerry, you working on anything? I know you you were telling us you are doing some writing today. Yeah, I'm writing up in the game. That's it. I did a piece all over the weekend. Um, been doing TFC reporting as well, like with Miguel, how he does uh, the Chicago. I forgot what they're the Chicago. Fire. 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 That's it. I think both of our teams are shit. How'd you forget we beat you? When did you guys beat us? Earlier in the year? You guys came, yeah, when you guys came in uh, June. I wasn't. Was I? Oh, I, I probably wasn't watching the game. I don't remember. Yeah. It's 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 MLS. It's it's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. Like none taken but, at all. But yeah, um, it's been okay. It's fun. It's, it's not. Awesome. Not Syria, but but yeah, it, it's it's not bad. And also today in the game, then the announcer pissed me the f off, man. He kept on saying Husay's law name wrong. He kept on calling. Hussai. Oh, I, I heard. I noticed that too. Did I, you notice I, I can't that? remember how he said it. It was way off, way off. I saw. You call him Husay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? It was. Uh, it drove me nuts. I couldn't. I wanted to throw my TV. Oh, I was in a. Yeah. Oh, it pissed me the f off, man. That's all I can say. But all right, guys. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Thank and, you. And uh, yeah. just just remember, Roma lost to a bunch of Bulgarian farmers today. Oh my God! And you know, I, I thought uh, it, it's it's, it's freaking. And listen, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't do a whole lot of banter. Because, you know, it can be thrown back in your face where some of these Roma fans on social media, they banter Napoli so much. Napoli crushes Liverpool. They're off to a good start in City. Of course, they crushed Liverpool yesterday. And then Roma goes out there and shits the bed today. And so it's like all that trash talk you guys do, it's being thrown yeah. back in your face. You know? I'm, I'm going to call up my buddy Chris. Because he said oh, yesterday Chris, that Chris is the worst of them. Like Chris, oh. I don't, I don't think Chris ever has a thought <laughs> running through his head that doesn't involve how much he loves Roma. It's like the, the guy is, he's not, oh, he's, he, he's, he's, he's a fanatic. Fanatic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him up because he said yesterday that Tammy would have finished the chance that Victor Osimhen missed at the spot. Did he oh score today? God. Did he score today against Ludogorets? He's no. in the Europa League, the lower class. For the record, Oshiman's penalty shot wasn't bad. It was the run-up that messed everything up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know why people do. He'll think he was Jorginho. 
He bare uh, be- uh, Allison Becker barely saved that. He only saved it because of the run up. It wasn't fast enough. Well, it's funny how Lazio and Napoli are the only winners, and they were the two teams that played each other over the weekend. Oh, I thought that, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Maybe maybe you. they intentionally saved their energy, like they know. both agreed. Let, let let's play sixty percent so we can save our legs for Europe this week. I just thought it was pretty funny, yeah. like a coincidence. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Well, we appreciate right. everyone. We, we will talk uh, for Jerry, for Miguel. I'm Alex. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. Ciao. Fuck Roma.